You can ask me for a holiday card just as long as you also ask me to get carded. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. In this town, there are lies and rumors, but as for me, I'm going to name them. Name them. <laughs> Wait, did you see the way my face perked the fuck up when you started within this town? It's like it's like a red alert for any kind of yeah. Kyle stand. I'm like, oh my God, things are happening. We're doing it. We're replicating oh my that God. magic. <laughs> you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 480 something ish, which feels nuts to say out loud, but I am so excited for this episode, which I was inspired to do the second I saw this person's social media. There was some um, content this past week that I found particularly interesting to discuss. So let me intro this guest so we can jump right in. You know him as content creator and Bravoholic who is thriving on TikTok. Always, always making it happen. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Julian Hagens. Julian, how are we? I am great. I'm great. I'm great on this great Monday. <laughs> oh my God. Happy Monday. I have to tell you, I have been in the thick of holiday card Michigas. You know, I do this annual holiday card. It's Bravo themed. Yes. I send it to like 80% Bravo, 85% Bravo people, people who speak the language, and then 15% my aunt and uncle, my family, <laughs> childhood like, friends who are like, I don't, this is in a different language. They don't understand it. They can't Google Translate it without a peacock sign in. Like, nope. It's just that, so I am completely out to lunch. Like, I am. So you need to drag me back down to earth because I am in space yes. right now. Like I'm on Pluto. <laughs> I'm on Mars. Saturn is saying hi just to get these goddamn cards in the mail. It's a whole endeavor. And I'm waiting for my like I'm checking the mailbox every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I think you in particular Ooh. will like this card. And that is all. I am saying until people receive it in the next couple days because I'm putting in the mailbox yeah. as soon as we stop recording. So, <laughs> um, so Julian, first off, there's a lot going on, a lot for us to discuss. I, I do want to hop straight in it because mm -hmm. you this past week, you have to tell, tell me, tell the AGs the kind of viewing event that you were invited to. Give us the lay of the land of what it was that you attended. Yeah, so um, 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> Wednesday morning. No. I got, a, I got an email from um, Threads, which is like the Twitter of Instagram, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you will. I'm sure they love and, that. I'm sure yeah. they love that description. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And yeah, I won't be invited to anything again. I'm just fine. But <laughs> we they, love threads. Um, Team threads. We do. Team threads. Team we threads. love threads. Um, but they invited me for a special viewing of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which was airing that day. And they were just like, you know, at the Beverly Peninsula. And they were just they were just like with a special housewife. They didn't say who. No, so, they didn't tell you who it was gonna no, be. No, no. And Shut so up. I thought that it would be the new girl because I'm just like, okay, this is her oh. first episode. I'm just like, why else would they do something last minute? 
Um, and like, <laughs> there's nothing else really going on. And because um, Kiki, the talk of shame, was also invited too. And so she was like, well, I don't think it'll be Kyle because like the episode is very like deep and like, I yeah. doubt she would want to be like in a public setting. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, well, I'm just like, you know what? Hey, it's free drinks, free snacks. Um, I'll go. And what's the worst that can happen? I'm sitting at school housewife. Right. <laughs> so, um, so right after work, I went down to Beverly Hills and the hotel was very, very, very beautiful. Um, it was in like a penthouse suite. Um, and there were like a few other content creators mingling around. Um, they said um, free food, but I should have remembered um, it was Beverly Hills. So I should not have saved my appetite for it. <laughs> it's like cucumber slices. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what? I'll take the champagne and I will hit up mm. McDonald's and leave Love here. It into it um and so um so we're just mingling around and i'm just like okay well guys our special guest is about to arrive like stand by the door like you know get ready and just like okay cool like, stand by the door <laughs> yeah we'll kind of like line up like not in front of the door oh my but just God. like everyone there like with their phones like it's recording the entrance queen. i'm into this yeah the door opens and in walk Kyle Richards, and we're just like, "What? Oh my god!" Um, and of course, she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "I can tell she's a little like anxious." Like you know, yeah. although it's like a small, intimate setting, it's still like you know, you know, very chill. Um, and that's kind of like the environment that I like with housewives or other like celebrities because I don't really like fangirl. And of course, I fangirl. Well, we fangirl over Shannon Bedore. Amen. <laughs> Hashtag we stand for Shan. <laughs> Um, but for everyone else, it's just like, I like to kind of have that normal interaction with them, make them feel comfortable and also make me feel comfortable too. And so, um, you know, we sat down, watched the episode and it was very like, you know, it was very interesting to do that with like an actual housewife. And she did preface by saying she only saw the beginning part before, like with about her friend. Um, so she's like, you know, I cried already before so you know i should be fine okay. but she didn't see the latter part of the Oy. episode so it was just like a full brand new like viewing with her and um she did have a lot of snarky remarks <laughs> and comments about sutton but the funny thing is with sutton she kept saying like you know that's why I'm so mad because, like, you know, I am her friend and I do like her. And to where, like, their bickering is a bit confusing. Um, but someone mentioned Garcelle and they're just like, oh, like, are you fine with, like, um, Garcelle and, like, Crystal? And she's like, Garcelle? And so I'm like, oh. So I don't know what the tea is with her current standing with Garcelle, but she was very disgusted. No, not Garcelle. disgusted. She was very disgusted. But with Sutton, even though Sutton was coming for her in the episode, she kept saying, like, you know, like, this is what's frustrating because, like, I like her. Like, I want to be your friend. And, like, she is my friend. And, you know, this and the other. But I don't know what Garcelle did to her, but she seems to not really like her. <laughs> I mean, Sutton essentially was like your orphan Annie and your two sisters <laughs> have already been adopted. And like, it's, it's there. I mean, the sun will come out tomorrow or maybe never for Kathy. But right. She's upset at Garcelle. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, Do you think it's about the ring? Do you think it's still about the ring comment and Mauricio maybe stooping half of Beverly Hills or what? <laughs> or a third? Well, maybe. But the thing is with Garcelle, like the one of the main things where I really like her is she like, you know, asks the questions or bring up the topics that the fans are waiting for and not yeah. like, you know, tiptoeing around. Um, and so that in itself may be what Kyle may be more upset about because mm-hmm. the biggest issue that the audience, myself included, have with Kyle is that she's not really taking ca- accountability this season for what's going on with her life and, you know, like what's out in the press, what we already know, and just like the rumors and everything. But seeing previous seasons, she's like, the first uh you know tell people to like be accountable be honest be truthful like you know we're coming on this show to blah 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 and just say you know this is the first time that she actually has and no shade but like actually has a lot going on in her personal life that she can share and open up about and I feel like the most that I've gotten out of her is from that therapy session that they showed. Mm-hmm. But that was with a therapist, which was like their job to pull that out and not right. like the show. <laughs> That's such a good point. And I feel like with Garcelle, uh, Garcelle is uh, Kyle in many ways acts as the voice of production or the voice of, mm-hmm. Fo- of the Fox force, like not necessarily <laughs> the voice of the cast, but a, a, a voice of a particular sect of the cast. Garcelle yeah. to me is acting as the voice of like genuine curiosity. And so with mm-hmm. Kyle and Sutton, it feels a little bit like, you know, Sutton's meandering al- around the path, asking mm-hmm. the questions, but not being specific. And Kyle's response is like, I'll just ask me the question. I'll name it like beat or you'd stop beating around the bush. Like just ask, Ask me what you want. Garcelle doesn't need that kind of nudge. Garcelle gets mm-hmm. to the point. So you would think, I mean, I'm sure it's not thrilling for Kyle to hear the questions, but she can't be surprised by them. Yeah. Especially being that she is a um a seasoned cast member and OG, if you will, um, and has been there from the beginning. Um, because I I started Beverly Hills, I think uh erica's season maybe like season six or so and so i never really watched like from the very beginning so i am currently on a journey now i think i'm on like season two oh my god julian buckle the fuck up oh i am seated and it's funny (laughs) to see kyle especially like season one episode one because camille is putting her to work (laughs) and i'm like it's crazy to see this because from what I've seen, like in real time, is she's just chilling, doesn't really raise her voice, doesn't really argue, doesn't fight, have like a snark comment here and there. But like season one, she's like putting in work. I'm just like, this is what it's about, you know, put in the work to not only show your life, but provide entertainment. Like, you know, the rules of the game, like it's drama, it's, you know, fight. it's not going to be lolly and. That's like one of my reasons why I don't really particularly like Heather Dubrow, you know, <laughs> bouncing over to Orange County. Cause I feel like she wants everything to be like so nice. Let's talk about family. Let's talk about kids. Let's all be nice. And if anyone is has any ounce of drama, it's like get away. And it's like at the end of the day, yeah, we want to know your life, but we also are watching a show. So, you know, there has to be some drama. There has to be some form of entertainment. Um, without going overboard like Tamara and producing it like yourself, 
you know, just letting production do their job and just letting your life play out. And I feel like if you have the right cast members, which most of these shows do, it will it will naturally happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like Kyle is this season just running away from the accountability and is being like a big hypocrite, you know? Oh, my God. I am <laughs> so here for this conversation. I just want to tell you because yeah. it's so fascinating to be on a journey on the in the present and then beginning your own reset and starting from the mm-hmm. beginning, obviously having heard about the history of the show, the history of mm-hmm. Kyle's relationships with her sisters. I mean... The limo scene in the finale of season one really set the Mm -hmm. stage for getting to the heart and to the sort of darkest, most distressing points in terms of the Richard sisters dynamic that has evolved but been pretty consistent just in terms of there being an explosion of emotion and sometimes really, really difficult truth or you know, the the darkest, deepest parts of a person's truth being used against them. Like that is at the heart mm-hmm. of, I think, many, many years of battles between Kathy, Kyle, and Kim. And then we're watching this episode in many ways that's a little bit of a response to Sutton's drag from the dinner party of like, you've already lost two sisters, you know, do you yeah. uh, want to lose a third? So when it comes to the um, the experience of watching the show with Kyle, how many people were there? Um, there were, I would say, maybe about uh, like ten to fifteen people. Oh my god! That's so it's very amazing. small and intimate. Yeah, that is so wild. This is and, and it, <laughs> it just in terms of having Kyle there for such an emotional episode. I mean, you're seeing. Kyle's vulnerability, Kyle's grief, Mm -hmm. Kyle's trauma, Kyle's new relationships with Mm -hmm. friends, and also her seemingly, possibly spiritually estranged (laughs) husband. And then you're watching other parts of Kyle as a her own little producer in the in at Sutton's party with Anne Marie Mm -hmm. Ann. Like, (laughs) how did you find yourself watching the episode? Were you watching the episode? obviously noting that Kyle's like LOL in the room. Like, are you watching the episode? Are you watching Kyle watch the episode? What did you find yourself reacting to? Yeah. Now I did see, um, I did watch the episode before. Cause luckily like in California, um, I can watch it like on East coast through sling. Okay. Um, so I seen it at five and I think this was at seven 30 for the eight o'clock premiere. Um, so I did see the episode in full beforehand. So I was able to kind of like just, you know, peek off to like, you know, focus yeah. on her. And, you know, I caught myself a lot. Um, I wouldn't say like switching over to like team team Kyle or whatever, but I was just sitting back like noting like how she was responding to things, and it was just all like in her favor in a sense, to where mm. You know, I feel like she was kind of um, trying to make sense of, like, the things that was going on in the scene and how she was feeling in the scene or, you know, against, like, Sutton and the, and the questioning and, you know, uh, having, like, her sister there. Um, but it also, like, in reality, isn't 
didn't like make sense to me as a viewer because you know I I do have my stance which I've already said before um but it was very interesting to see like how you know and her comments were like I don't feel like she went on like a monologue to try to like defend herself or you know be like hey guys like you're here with me like whatever but I do feel like she had like a lot of little things because I feel like she's a very anxious person where I don't feel like she would you know get on a soapbox to you know try to convince and sway people but I do know she would have liked that um hence the little like comments that she would say about like setting about those things like oh well you know that's why I did this and you know see she's being fake right here or like um, you know, different things like that, or like, oh, that doesn't make sense um, about like the esophagus thing and just like doubling down on like her comments. What part of it didn't make sense to Kyle and Marie making the comments she made or Sutton's response? Oh, no, Sutton's responses. Because obviously she and like Anne Marie is, you know, speaking up for Kyle. So of course she's going to like lean in with that side of things. Um, which, you know, I don't know if you saw, but I saw, uh, Tiffany Moon's response to that, which, you know, make a lot of sense that, hey, I'm not a doctor. So get into the medical stuff. Hey, I don't really have a say, but if, if it made sense to some doctors, then hey. (laughs) Yeah. And Tiffany is an anesthesiologist. So calling out Anna Ann and saying you're full, saying essentially you're full of shit, I think is... (laughs) super important and i hope that mm-hmm. whoever is doing the prep for the reunion i'm sure <laughs> that they will reference that video if yeah i they very well might sooner than the reunion taping especially if anna ann comes on watch what happens prior yeah um mm-hmm. But I heard from a ton of AGs, a ton of people in the medical field, people who have dealt with esophagus uh, uh, conditions that affect the esophagus. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. are understandably so really upset, not just about Anne's Anne's, uh, reaction, Kyle's kind of LOLing, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. believing the edit, putting on her makeup and like essentially giving the nudge to when to start the um, interrogation, (laughs) essentially when to start the esophagus based deposition. But a lot of people (laughs) feeling like not only is she giving terrible medical advice, but she's stepping over extraordinary boundaries in terms of placing judgment and then double downing at the on the after show, connecting mm-hmm. her perception of a total stranger's eating habits to possibly an, an eating disorder and then trying to shame her for some, yeah. not being honest about her <laughs> alleged, you know, disordered eating, according to mm-hmm. Anna Ann, who has literally no expertise in that matter and is in fact spreading misinformation that's really unfortunate yeah hey i wouldn't be surprised if sutton hit her with lawsuit (laughs) but i don't think sutton's gonna hit her with a lawsuit i think she's gonna hit her with some (laughs) sass i think sutton's gonna be like listen i'm gonna tell you what the fuck is up you know i know and then the fact that kyle is like co-signing that is really disappointing considering like you know the issues that she's had and like you know her friends like lisa renna her daughter's 
I believe, if I'm not misquoting. Her older, uh, yeah, her older daughter. Yeah, had, like, uh, problems with that, and it was a very, like, delicate topic, and so for her to, like, weaponize that, because if I'm not mistaken, I think the sister comment came after that was thrown at Sutton. Which sister? So the sister comment came at the tail end of the dinner party when they were in the kitchen. Yes. And I think I like, didn't that come like after Kyle had already like, playing like, oh, you have a, eat it. I don't remember the order. I think it was before. I, I believe so. But either way, like. I think Sutton's was before, but after Sutton was aware of some other stuff that was said. Oh, anyway, yeah. Because yeah. the the biggest thing was just like, you know, being honest about like your real life. And the fact that they crucified Denise about yeah. pretty much breaking the fourth wall saying like, you know, you're on the show. So talk about your real life. And now she's like, you know, not doing that. And then in a sense, it's unfair to viewers because I feel in a sense gaslit of wanting to even know because then when she does things like at the dinner table like oh so what like my husband's shooting me like that's what you want to know like blah 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 just throwing it like that makes me feel gaslit like oh well, I guess we shouldn't ask about that or like you know I guess we're pressing too hard when it's like no like you're not being honest and you're not like you know showing up for work as you so harshly you know went after other people. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day, it's this is ostensibly a show about an LOL friend circle and what's <laughs> going on in your life. People are asking you mm-hmm. and saying something is off and it seems like something is off in your relationship. And also, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, every single person at like one out of four people on planet Earth who know Bravo are ta- <laughs> we're talking about Kyle and Mauricio and it's like, What's going on there? And, and but the mm-hmm. I think the issue was that Sutton made it about a piece of jewelry, which wasn't mm-hmm. helpful because then it became yeah. okay. You're just asking about whether or not he cheated and whether or not this was an apology gift instead of, you know, you mentioned in the first episode at their like yoga retreat, whatever that um at their yoga retreat that there mm-hmm. had been some difficulties and tension in the marriage, like. We, we haven't really gotten into that since as a group and people want to know what's going on. I mean, focusing on the ring, that Tiffany mm-hmm. ring is something that Sun and Garcelle were both describing in their confessionals. People on social have noticed that Morgan has a matching ring. When it got to that point of the episode, did Kyle have any kind of response to that? Oh, yes, that was another, like, snarky thing that she brought up, too, about, like, um, I don't get why she's, why she's like, um, critiquing me on, like, what jewelry I'm wearing. She was just like, you know, this bracelet here, like, is that a problem? And it was, do you know the bracelet where it's, like, a, a long nail that is kind of, like, wrapped yeah, the around? Yeah, the Cartier, yes. yeah. I'm too poor to know what that is. No, but... I'm, I'm never going to touch it. I'm never <laughs> going to try it on. But I I know of it. I know the... Yeah, yeah, so she had that and she was just like, you know, like, what? Like, is there a problem with this one? Like, you know, I just bought this because, like, I've seen a lot of people have that. And she's like, you know, is that, like, a problem? And I even said myself, like, too, I'm just like, I only know rich people to have that. I'm too poor to even know what that <laughs> is. <laughs> like, her and her friend laugh. Um, to where it's just like, you know... I get her stance in a sense, but it's also is 
a form of deflecting because although yeah like you can be like well i'm wearing this like what's that but there it was your wedding ring and it was like yeah. matching rain so those are suspicious things and from a like a viewer standpoint producer standpoint at like whoever if you mention something on a show like in scene especially the first episode like hey like you know i am having issues with my marriage or whatever um of course there are going to be follow-up questions to that because she was pretty much saying like how dare you come to me with this when i already told you like in the beginning at the retreat like i'm having issues in my marriage and it's just like well that's why i'm coming to you with this because you said that there are rumors out here so as your friend and i do feel like they they want to be friends um, or consider themselves friends a little bit more than just on the show friends. I, I can kind of see that as opposed to like Orange County where I feel like off camera when the sh uh, season is over, a lot of them probably don't interact with each other. Yeah. But I do feel like Shannon, I mean, not Shannon. Um, Sutton, <laughs> She's always on the mind. She's always <laughs> top of mind. Top of the morning too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Sutton and Kyle are like considering themselves to be cordially friends off the show. And so that's where it's confusing to me as to if that is the case. I'm very unsure of what her motive was to like deflect and argue against Sutton for not and not like opening up to her, if that makes sense. Yeah, it feels like they're sort of taking shots at each other in real time, and they're just at a really bad place. I mean, Sutton absolutely leveled some really low blows. So did mm -hmm. Kyle. Um, mm -hmm. Some were, you know, potentially more uh, frustrating to hear than others. I guess it really depends on your perspective in watching. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel like it's going to a good place anytime soon, and I'm curious how much of that is genuinely going to impact the rest of the season versus the way the women now talk about the rest of the season because yeah. it really does seem to appear like they are genuinely not in a good spot. And, you know, Dorit at one point on Watch What Happens said when Kyle and Morgan became close and became close friends, you know, it felt, Dorit essentially said in so many words, it felt like I had been replaced. And I mm -hmm. just kind of wonder with Kyle's other relationships with the women in the cast, how many other people on those reunion couches are going to say, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can see that. And I hope that, the Fox Force or whatever they want to call themselves <laughs> really um, lean into that because I've seen um, like with the whole Erica situation a few seasons ago, like, you know, they have their different standards and although they should feel some type of way towards each other, they don't or they like nicely say it on camera like, hey, I'm like mad at you. But, you know, you can tell that they're not really like sticking to it, you know. So I really hope that they show their true emotions to this. And I will say that that even rewatching it this morning, the therapy scene that mm -hmm. she had with her therapist really like shed light and like hearing about like the loss of her friend, like that really shed light on her actions um, like during the season and even now. 
um, and like hearing how like close like her her and her like best friend was, and losing that, and how her therapist was just like, you know, now that she's gone, like you do need that replacement of like, you know, what you had with her, and how she's kind of going through like a, if I will, like a midlife crisis or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and just like. It, it seems like a um, reaction to that. And it made a lot of sense to why she's like rethinking her place with her friend group and her place with her marriage of like, if there's already like little issues here and there, like having that loss, you go in like rethinking and just like, oh, well, this is actually not right. So it's a bigger deal than everything else. Because for example, I had a friend that lived in San Francisco, she was like, oh, this is so beautiful. I love it. Like, you know, posting pictures and just like, you know, found like the beauty in it. And one day they had like a house fire or apartment fire. And it was just very traumatic. Like no one died, thankfully. But it was just like very traumatic to where like she left. And then she saw like everything like, well, you know, this place isn't as beautiful. Or, like, you know, it's nitpicking like little things where you kind of see it in a different perspective after something tragic happened. So it kind of feels like the same thing that Cal is going into this where like after that traumatic thing happened, she's like rethinking um, everything for what it like actually is and, you know, seeing the little issues that were there. Yeah. And the scale obviously is completely different from a person Mm -hmm. going through absolute trauma of, you know, losing your Mm -hmm. belongings. How do I literally, where am I going to live? Where am Mm -hmm. I going to stay? That is absolutely Mm -hmm. a, you know, (laughs) horrible experience to have to go through. Mm -hmm. With Kyle, it's like not the home, it's the entirety of her universe is something that she yeah. like that was mm-hmm. her number one safe space was this person, mm-hmm. like ride or die since they were seven, you know, 40 year plus relationship. It's not just the loss and trauma, which would be enough and the grief of mm-hmm. losing someone, losing someone suddenly, losing someone um, who died of suicide, died by suicide rather. Um, it's the the grief of that. And there's also, as her therapist said, the grief of trying to figure out who am I connecting with? Like, who is my safe space now? Like, now I'm trying yeah. to figure out I need to be my own safe space. But I also mm-hmm. I'm a human person. There needs to be a connection with someone else. And mm-hmm. at the same time, dealing with issues with her marriage, dealing with issues mm-hmm. with her sisters and her family. Mm-hmm. And my belief is that when you lose someone, it's not that you the relationship goes away. You mm-hmm. still have a relationship with this person. They're just, unfortunately, especially if it's someone who's died, they're no longer available for future connection. It's almost like when someone dies who you're that close to, the person that you want to connect Mm -hmm. with and grieve with is the person who has passed. Like, what what do you do with that emotion? What do you do Mm -hmm. with that instability? It's a lot to process. Like the fact that this woman was going to be responsible for her kids and her life if god forbid something happened to Kyle. She was in yeah. Kyle's will. She was in her estate plans. Like she was that close that Kyle felt god forbid, you know, poi 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 something happens to me. This is mm-hmm. the person who I would want to carry on and help the people who are closest to me in my life. Like that relationship she still has, it just it shifts. It becomes with 
the memory of this person. And I think that scene was so important to watch because it got to the heart of what a lot of us have been talking about because of the knowledge of, of the death of Laureen understanding how important and ground shifting that was in Kyle's life and also just confusion about the fact that until this week, it had never been discussed. It hadn't been discussed Mm -hmm. by her cast members who were obviously aware. It hadn't been discussed in any way in, in conversation with Mauricio. And I have to wonder, did those conversations happen and they were just edited out because production felt like this was a better narrative structure, like better in terms of just genuine removing the emotion and reality, just storytelling, which yeah. I felt was kind of a shitty thing to do because <laughs> for people who didn't know, I think it raises questions of why they didn't know prior. Yeah. And that is something to consider and think about. Um, seeing how like she moves on the show, I can kind of it can kind of make sense as to if you know this is actually the first instance of this, and you know not with any other scenes, um, because it's so touchy, and I doubt she would repeat it in different areas because I know she probably really didn't want to like talk about or is really hard to talk about even like in that therapy session. So I. I wouldn't put it past it that it is the first time that it has come up, but it just goes to, you know, production has um, a requirement to kind of set up and tell your story, but like, so do you. And I'm glad that she was able to tell because I mean, honestly, this is, that was probably the best way of telling that story. Yeah. Um, Because I don't know that anyone on the show um, any other cast member would have been a better like person to talk that through or to really get those real emotions out. Um, so I think it was the best um, way to deliver that message. Um, and like I said, from the beginning, it really put everything into a different perspective for me um, as it relates to her actions and, you know, how she's responding to things and what's going on in her life. Um, it, it really makes sense. Um, and so I, I think that was a very pivotal scene, um, Mm -hmm. of the season, um, probably for her, (laughs) especially, um, but it's just, I guess now, like how that is relate to the other cast members, because I'm assuming they know, but I don't know. I'm interested now to see like how moving forward they'll move with us knowing that they know if that makes sense (laughs) it it does and it also you know the her her i want to call him a therapist but i don't know that he i think he was like a life life coach coach yeah i i don't want to use the wrong terminology i just have to say Mm -hmm. that i honestly forget um but uh obviously he's someone who's known her for 20 years and they have a really close Mm -hmm. honest relationship i loved the way that he was talking with her i really felt like they're their conversation was really honest. It was obviously very emotionally vulnerable. There was also something that he said that I thought was interesting. At one point, he said, like, there's no such thing as obligatory relationships referencing Kyle's family, the continued tension with Kathy. But then I started thinking, and yet we're filming this reality TV show. 
which in many ways <laughs> is about obligatory relationships. I mean, look at Potomac as exhibit number one. Like yeah. back on the new episode, Giselle saying essentially there is no relationship with Candace. I am <laughs> not moving forward. I'm not going to talk to her. I'm not going to interact with her. And yet for some cast members on some of these franchises, there's an obligation, maybe not to be the be the person's best friend who you might be feuding with, but certainly mm -hmm. to film around them, with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with obligatory relationships, it's an interesting thing because if you're on the search, I mean, this is your job at the end of the day. People yeah. have jobs and work that isn't on TV where you have to work with people or find a way to connect to someone who you might not want to fuck with ordinarily. It's just mm -hmm. interesting when we think only about toxic relationships, the obligation when it comes to being a cast member on these shows, how you try to figure that out without it affecting, you know, your career future. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. 
when my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is... Looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side? Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. 
patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it blows my mind, like, people like Giselle or, like, how Heather made the statement about Monica. Um, And they put these ultimatums of, like, I will never film with this person. Um, Because it's very hard to see, like, how can you go forward? Because you know, it breaks the fourth wall for everyone where it's just like, okay, you are on the show. Like they are a cast member. It's, you know, we get it. You may not always be best friends, but like, hey, this is your cast member. And I feel like a lot of people now just, and I feel like in a lot of Bravo shows, they are breaking the wall a lot more because a lot of the cast members are getting above them, uh, ahead of themselves. Uh, for example, with Potomac, how they just fully like broke the wall of saying like uh, NECA was trying to get on the show <laughs> and like just mentioning like the show in the scene because, you know, they kind of stray away from that. And one part of me likes it because it's fun, but then the other part of me doesn't because it's like, if you do your job and like, really just show up and do the uh and work by the unspoken rules you know we won't have to break the fourth wall like this you know we can just enjoy a show enjoy the tension that comes naturally but when you put these stipulations there then it makes it not fun because then we have to be reminded that we're watching the show that's fake pretty much and when I watch it, for example, I just like to watch it and just live in that moment and not really think about I'm turning on the show to watch fake friends interact with each other when they would never do this in real life with one another. I like to live in the 
reality or live in the false reality, you know, without thinking. And I feel like um, some can be iconic, but it's starting to get a lot, a bit much to where, you know, I don't want to keep being reminded that, hey, we're on this show and I don't like them. Yeah, and there is that there is the reality in the universe of filming the show, then the reality mm-hmm. and universe of reacting to the filming of the show mm-hmm. in media on Watch What Happens, the reality mm-hmm. of attempting to combine those two when you're filming the reunion, and then the muddled kind of reality that we're seeing on Potomac, where it feels like it's becoming or it has become to me solely about people reacting to what other people are saying about their position or role on the show. And now I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like, I get it. I understand why it's happening. Like I I get Mm -hmm. why it's happening, but I don't know what the goal is after this. Like, are we going to get to a point where there can still be a a reality of the real housewives of Potomac? Because Mm -hmm. if we're only talking about the real housewives of Potomac, by the Real Housewives of Potomac, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how we get back to like, you know, making fun of kangaroo burgers at Oz. Like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know how we get back to someone's doing this or we're talking about a marriage or a divorce or something else because we're mm-hmm. so in the thick. It's like we're caught up in the mm-hmm. everyone's animus towards another person's reaction about mm-hmm. what that person has done um, in terms of the show, it's like I the yeah. show can't be about only the show because then what are the stakes? Yeah, exactly. And so that's it's like a double edged short sword, but not really in the sense because, um, uh, like I said before, like some moments are um, iconic, like you know, Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo, like you know, there are little things, but when it becomes the full personality of the show like you said um then that's when it becomes like bad to watch because again like i'm just being reminded that i'm watching the show um and i don't want to do that i want to like enjoy my wine and just be engulfed in the drama and just be engulfed and follow these people lives and know like what they're doing because that's the problem a lot of times now i don't know what these people do (laughs) like i don't know what they do i know most of them don't do anything for a living but i don't know their relationships with like their husbands or any businesses they have or you know their family and you know it's just a lot of things now where with housewives are just like i don't know like anything about you (laughs) yeah and at one point giselle's essentially uh, trying to drag Candace for being mm-hmm. upset about the conversation around Robin and Juan and the impact of focusing on Candace and Chris last season. And mm-hmm. then I just feel like we're caught up in this sort of storm of perception where Giselle is attempting to say that Candace has no right to be upset, but like, or has no right to center herself in the conversation. But I thought the whole point of Candace's upset was about the fact that Giselle and Robin had centered Candace in conversation mm-hmm. and had not been open about what they both knew was going on with Juan. It's like it's hard mm-hmm. to then get upset about one person's seeming media campaign of like revenge against Robin yeah. without taking responsibility for how 
even if Robin didn't intend for this stuff to affect Candace, <laughs> and and I would argue that mm-hmm. Giselle did, <laughs> that that still had an impact on Candace. It doesn't take away yeah. from the terrible things Candace has said to and about mm-hmm. Giselle and the consequences and receiving death threats as a, as a part of this like mm-hmm. very toxic, loaded, vile um, series of jabs. But like, you, she's still. We can't deny the reality. I think of what yeah. happened. So now we're talking about mm-hmm. the reality TV, but not really the reality of it. Yeah. It makes it so hard. And I think that these housewives get too big for themselves and think that they have like this almighty power to say, like, if I was Bravo, <laughs> I and you know, a housewife is saying, like, well, I won't film this person a lot, I would just fire them. <laughs> like, you know, to show them a lesson in this. And I know that's like very uh dramatic. But like in a sense to where, you know, they have to know that they are, um, and I feel like I'm speaking like a corporation now, but it's just like, you know, when they get too big for themselves and try to make these like ultimatums that affect the show and, you know, it it scrambles different things to where it's just like, um, it's hard to like film or like you're saying, I would never be around like uh, Giselle or like I would never be around like when Monique was on the show. Um, it's just like, you know, she at that time, she did have relationships with a lot of other cast members to where we can see that play out. Um, but because of the ultimatums, it just diverts the show in a sense to, to their favor. Um, and I feel like everyone wants things to go in their favor without like, realizing that we are making yes we're showing our lives but we are making a show and like if you trust production if you trust you know the producers and the whole overall like show that you're on if you really trust them just show up (laughs) show up and see what happens But but it's not just showing up. It's like showing up, but wanting to have stakes and big emotion. Mm-hmm. And often a lot of yeah. that big emotion is really negative. And I think yeah. for production, mm-hmm. they do a really good job of with story producers, with each housewife's producers, mm-hmm. of ensuring that certain emotions are exhibited, communicated on yeah. camera. But mm-hmm. this is what happens if you really get to the point where these women really strongly dislike each other. It crosses the line into like, well, there might not be story left here because mm-hmm. there's no current present for us to discuss. It's all connected to the past. And then we're watching mm-hmm. like Robin lose her <laughs> shit and like Candace was crying. I felt really bad for Candace. I felt really bad for Robin. I felt bad for Robin that... And I get it because Candace is on the show. Candace is a full-time cast member. Obviously, Juan is not. But like at the end of the day, like who is responsible for your upset? And Robin seems so triggered. And I get it. Like really upset at the idea that another cast member would say that her behavior at the reunion, trying to defend her husband, may have helped him, may have influenced whether or not he lost his job. I would argue he was losing it regardless. I just think that Mm -hmm. the school was going to cut ties. I'm not a lawyer, though, so I don't know. And I'm not Juan's lawyer. I'm not his representative, Mm -hmm. and I don't work at that college. So I don't know how much Robin's defense of him at the reunion had any impact. I would argue that the person that 
Robin should be upset about most is Juan, but, you know, Candace is an easier path or or maybe you can do both and she's choosing just one over the other. I, it's just, it's, it's upsetting to see. And it's also upsetting at the end of the episode when Juan is like, don't be upset. Like, don't give yeah. these women that, but also don't come to me with that feeling. And then I'm thinking, well, then who can she fucking go to? Yeah, and I feel like that's why she was so, like, um, frustrated and emotional. Um, Because I've seen, like, a tweet. um, I forgot who did it, but they were just, like, they feel that um, she was really crying about, like, the hurt and betrayal and the cheating as opposed to, like, crying about, like, what, you know, Candace and everyone was saying at that time. Because it was just a lot, and I... And, it, and that makes more sense, too, because, like, if a day before she's, like, you know, saying, like, asking anything, like, I'm here, I'm here, um, to now crying about, how dare you talk about this on the show? I just know that, or I just feel like there are just so many emotions with, like, the actual betrayal and not being able to process that, because obviously... She doesn't want to talk about it on the show. And obviously we see that she can't talk about it with him. And I mean, it goes back to where I'm just like, oh, I don't know anything anything about these people because I don't know that Robin has any other friends other than like Giselle. So I don't know like if in real life that she has like other girlfriends that she can sit down and like process these things with. So I just feel like everything is bottled up and it's just, you know, it's an easy target that, I mean, I can argue and say, you know, it is rightfully so to go after Candace about what she was saying in her POV. Um, but I feel like she's putting all of that emotion towards that one thing as opposed to equally, you know, putting it through. <laughs> and I get Juan saying like, you know, this isn't their life, it's our life. But it is also there is also the capital O of our life and mm-hmm. the impact of all of this, which then becomes a question, a conversation of like, how other cast members reacted to, you know, Giselle and Robin deciding to put the paywall up for the reveal of information mm-hmm. and the fact that none of this was discussed in the season and that that had a genuine impact on the cast who are, I think, a 100% understandably upset but also as you said like where is Robin's safe mm-hmm. space like where is her place to go to Kyle in that therapy session talked to her counselor again I'm using like the wrong mm-hmm. fucking word so I apologize but <laughs> she talked to him about the fact that Mauricio used to be that space for her and he mm-hmm. no longer is and she's trying to figure out how to develop and create maybe other relationships and maybe new relationships with herself, let alone new people that she meets not to replace, but to just continue to build and to like try to move forward into a future that does not include two people who were integral to her present until it became past. Like that's a lot. And for Robin at the end of the day to seem so upset about, and maybe feeling like ashamed or hurt by the fact that people are saying that she hurt Juan. I'm just thinking like Robin, like he doesn't seem to be asking those questions about you. He, he He's mm-hmm. not asking those questions of himself. 
No. And that's just the nature of their relationship, maybe until the end of time. Because again, who else does Robin have? And she's choosing. Yeah. She's choosing him as her <laughs> safe space. It doesn't seem to be going well for her. But no. that's what many people do. It's just mm-hmm. really tough to watch. Yeah, I know. And, you know, she's not my um, favorite person on the show, but, you know, I do feel for her because I know that that is a very emotional thing. And it just feels like, you know, like as Candace said in the episode, that was the most emotion that we've seen out of her. And, you know, it is hard to watch and it is sad to see because you really see someone that, you know, I can say it's like a cry for help in a sense, or, you know, you just see someone that's really struggling and it makes you feel bad because you do feel like, well, I don't, as a viewer, seeing how she is being treated, you know, or talked to by Juan, like her husband. Um, <laughs> Julia just used quotes. <laughs> Julia just used quotes. That is so rude, Julian Hagens. Oh, in my, my defense, God. in my defense, I forgot. Quote, don't speak about the husband, quote unquote. Don't speak about the husband. Oh my God. In oh my, my defense, God. I only I only did that because they've been engaged for so long. I honestly forgot if they actually got married. So that's why I was like, wait, husband. Um, but you know, by her husband, like you know, it's it, it, I feel bad, like you know. I just feel like someone, not me, should just give her a hug. Like, you know, um, it's sad to see. But, you know, hopefully throughout the season, she can really rely or find a way to rely on the cast members for the sake of the show, but also for the sake of herself. Because, again, like, I, in my mind, I just don't see her having friends. So I'm just like, you know, I've... I hope she can build like a sisterhood with more people. Like I feel like Candace is very open. I feel like Karen is open. You just have to know Karen is, you know, give she gives what she can take. So like I feel like her and Giselle figured that out. We're just like okay, I can throw shade, but also receive shade back from her. And within that, that's her love language, if you will. So I feel like she can see that with Karen and you know build that and. Um, I think her and Ashley are okay, but it's just like, you know, there's great potential for her to have like a sisterhood. She just needs to lean in that more. And, you know, the theme of, I guess, this episode is just like lean into that more and just be honest. <laughs> You're on the show, be honest. <laughs> Where does Lisa Renna when you need her? Oh, God. How dare you? How dare? I mean, Lord, speaking of broken pieces, I mean, the thing with Potomac is like right now, they're just in such a a, a difficult spot that they absolutely can come out of 100%. Mm -hmm. I do, though, think it's going to be a casting situation. And I think Mm -hmm. I, I am not, thank God. Uh, a part of <laughs> casting for any of these franchises because I have to tell you it's one of the things that I like sort of refuse to do is like what would you yeah. do I never have an answer I never pretend to have an answer <laughs> if I do have an answer it's going to change in 15 seconds so watch out right but mm-hmm. I just think they're going to need to make some hard decisions some hard choices and I also think unrelated to that but something Dr. Wendy said on watch what happens was that Ashley has some stuff to answer to when it comes to her behavior. And 
speaking of lawsuits, I don't know how we're going to figure this out because Candace is understandably being advised not to go anywhere near it. But it is really fucked up that Michael Darby is suing an existing cast member and nobody's asking Ashley about it. And like, I get that she shouldn't be, how long is she going to be held responsible for the actions of her ex? I get that. Like, I understand like the gender politics, but I also think she's probably not as upset (laughs) as I, I want her to Mm -hmm. be about him making that decision. Mm -hmm. And I understand custody and she's also co-parent. So she might not be calling him a piece of shit, but like, I, I really think it's extremely fucked up that he is leveraging oh, yeah. his money to punish this person for yeah. maybe overstepping, but his his estranged wife has many, many times over as well. And we're not able to talk about that power dynamic. And both of these women are still on the fucking show. Like that's a yeah. that is a huge issue. That's why there's parts of contracts that are like you can't blah 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 sue each other simply mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're the husband you know, or estranged, whatever else, mm-hmm. there's some flexibility. I just think it's it's really fucked up and it's affecting the show. And if yeah. Ashley doesn't give a shit about Candace, and maybe she does, she should also care about the goddamn show. Yeah, well, I feel like Ashley is making up for that by being extra messy, um, which is what she's like known to do. So even she's, like- She's very good at it. I love Ashley on Potomac. I gotta tell you, I really, I know I'm sorry. I know that people like have feelings about Ashley. I think she's an, a great housewife. I really do. I really do. I'm glowing right now, guys. When I, say I that think so too. I do. Julian's <laughs> um, judging the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying like, oh, let her go. Like she is like a vital piece to it. Cause she has like that young youthfulness, messiness, um, I just can't put my finger on what I would want to change about it because I I I am here for the messiness, but some things I guess my issue with like the messy people um are when you can tell that they are doing it solely to be messy and then to backtrack, like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to do that. Like that's my biggest issue with Tamara. Um Ashley doesn't do it as much. So that's why I'm just like, you know, she's messy, but it just comes off as her being her. Um, The whole like NECA, Wendy thing was very like, I'm just going to do this to be messy. And then like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, that was my fault after they're already like arguing at each other. Like, wait, wait, blame me. When she knows they're just going to like overlook her and still like fight with each other. Um. So I think that's where I kind of have my my judgment with Ashley. But I I do think she should stay. I'm not saying get rid of her, but, you know, she can learn to cover her tracks a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, or cover her tracks a little bit worse. I don't yeah. want her to oh, get yeah. better at this. I want her to be worse at it. I want people to call it out in the moment, but she's so good at it that yeah. we're focusing on the chaos that's left behind instead mm, of the mm-hmm. person who started this path, which I think is what Dr. Wendy was getting to. I yeah. don't know what I I actually am sort of and I'm just this is just as with <laughs> the entirety of this show, like just things I'm thinking about in the moment. But like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the reunion for Potomac is a good one. I would mm-hmm. not be surprised because then it's like, uh, the season is kind of clunky. It's kind of muddled. 
I wonder if we could get to the heart of the matter, if that would be the rebuilding, if like rebuilding mm-hmm. happens, obviously with the casting for next season, but also just like attempting to put some of this to bed, you know, yeah. like really getting to it and, and getting to the point of you just were saying that to fuck stuff up with our relationship mm-hmm. or whatever is going on with NECA and Dr. Wendy to just really litigate that out. I think that mm-hmm. that could be really helpful. And I think it could be helpful maybe for production and the audience to just see at the points in which Giselle and Candace refuse to engage or when they engage is just way too hot and way too negative figuring Mm -hmm. out what does that mean for the future of the show because Giselle has been an excellent housewife to me one of the best one of the best casting decisions Candace came in absolute Dorinda energy I can't imagine (laughs) she she reset the energy uh, of the franchise has been mm-hmm. singular. Both of them, to me, have really understandable critiques against their mm-hmm. performance on Housewives for Candace, her performance on Housewives and sometimes social. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there is an easy way out of this, but I think it would be tough for for the show to figure out how to go next and have both of them remain. I think that would be tough because I just think too many lines have been crossed between these two. I just don't think it can move forward with both of them, which is unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious to see how the reunion um, will go. I was like disengaging a little bit because I'm just like imagining like, Mm -hmm. you know, what is like what dynamics there are. Um, or conflicts there would be with the reunion because I know it'd be NECA and Wendy, uh, Robin versus everyone, but mostly Candace, um, Ashley, um, and maybe Candace, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Giselle and Robin. I mean, Giselle and Karen will, you know, harp on the fact that see, we're friends now and we're trying to make the peace. Um, and then that's kind of it. Oh God. Um, it, there. Listen, there's a lot. It's a real Potomac isn't a real to be continued. I think mm-hmm. we're just kind of moving things right along. We didn't get into any of Married to Medicine, so I would love oh, yeah. to have you back. <laughs> like, literally, maybe we'll talk offline about when we can connect again because yeah. a, a phenomenal episode. I mean, the sitting vice president of the United States <laughs> isn't the most important part of the episode today. Like, that is nuts behavior. Like, I know Kamala stirs up emotions and a lot of people (laughs) i think it's a big i don't think you can argue that it is a big fucking deal to have the sitting vice president of the united states (laughs) on married to medicine and that not being the thing that people are going to start the conversation with because quad got fired by her cast i mean like we need to we need to talk about it 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 is i have a lot of thoughts okay you and i are gonna we're gonna figure out a time we'll do a we'll record it taking it personally (laughs) because we need to talk about married to medicine i that i just if there's one thing that you guys do um in addition to listening to this episode three or four times i (laughs) could not more highly encourage and recommend that you watch Married to Medicine. And Julian, while I love your journey, you know, going back to the beginning, starting at the very beginning and seeing, you know, what's happening with Beverly Hills. And I love that. And I appreciate and respect it. Married to Medicine, it's going to be real tough if you start with this current season, but I'd rather you watch it than not. 
But guys, you gotta you gotta go back to the beginning. You gotta watch 10 seasons. It's gonna be the best thing you've done for yourself this year. Don't start 2024 <laughs> not watching Married to Medicine. I can guarantee that you will have thoughts and feels as you watch. It's worth it. It's my favorite show on Bravo. And they're having a fucking incredible season. So if yeah. there's one thing you do, watch Married to Med. Please watch Married yeah. to Med. And in my defense, I have started Married to Med Medicine from season one as well. Wait a second. <laughs> you haven't seen the full series until now? No. How, when did you start? This is fascinating. When did you start? What season? I started season... Like last season, last season to this season. <laughs> yeah. If you guys saw my face, you started <laughs> at nine. Yeah. Into oh. this season. And it helped. So, so like for me, I, um, I like to get to know it's first season is always hard for me for like, uh, like New York, Beverly Hills, um, well, maybe not really Beverly Hills, but like New York was one prime example, um, to where, what helped me was getting to like know the people like a little later and then having that POV to go back and see how much they've changed or like how it's different or like I can understand how it started from how it is now, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so um, that has helped me a lot with like Married to Medicine. And I will say, although first season's first episodes can be hard, First season, first episode of American Medicine is iconic, and I wanted to watch it a hundred times. <laughs> so, I haven't gone back in a minute, but I think I should. There's so much, and I haven't. There's a lot that I need to like watch this week. Um, but now I'm rewatching The Traders while I put together <laughs> the holiday cards. So, like, I don't know what's happening. Um. But yeah, Married to Med, maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution is like rewatch mm -hmm. the first nine seasons in January, which you know I can do. I don't even need the full month. Honestly, give me a week and a half. All turn right. off my phone, <laughs> see what happens. Um, so Julian, you're coming back. We're going to talk about Married to Med. In the meantime, where can AGs follow you on social? You are thriving as a content creator on TikTok. Like, give us all of your handles. Mention <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I'm still trying to get you on TikTok. We'll do it one day. <laughs> one day. Uh 2024. 2024. 2024. I know. <laughs> November. November of 2024. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can follow me on um, Instagram, Julian Hagens, H-A-G-I-N-S underscore. And then I'm on TikTok, Julian Hagens, no underscore, because I'm more official there. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's about it. I love Bravo on TikTok. Um, I have curated a whole lot of UK reality TV, which is oh. insane. Um, and so that's kind of like the journey that I have there. Like, it is insane. Um, but Bravo is my first love. So that is there, mostly on Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's where you can follow me. Um, okay, wait, before we wrap, I do have one more question for you about the mm -hmm. Kyle of it all. Um, because mm -hmm. this episode really was let's talk about the husband. And <laughs> in addition to the Christopher Nolan esque music that began the most recent Beverly Hills that was like very Dark Knight Rises energy. Um, mm -hmm. With the kiss between Kyle and Mauricio which to me was extremely fucking awkward. How, if at all, did Kyle react to that moment? 
I from the beginning of from the, the episode, beginning of the episode. So unfortunately, they started. <gasps> they pressed play, and they were like getting everything set up. So it started like mid to like a little after that. So no, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? <laughs> they didn't. They're you're, you're having like a suite at the peninsula or whatever. They couldn't. Fa- they couldn't rewind. I don't know what they were planning. I I don't yeah I don't know what they were planning on like actual cable or something. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even. I just get up uh, and walk out. Oh my god! I would be like, <laughs> like pull up on my phone. Like, oh excuse me, can you like watch this? <laughs> and you had already watched because you were on a different time zone. Yeah, you had mm-hmm. already watched the beginning, so you knew what was being skipped or missed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sucks. I know. Damn. Ugh. But um, but I I will let you know if they do another one because I know they are very excited about like the turnout for everything. So um, this is like my first like event with threats. Um, but I did keep in touch. So hopefully, if they do that, and I know they said they wanted to do one with like Vanderpump Rules. So um, hopefully they can keep this a trend, and I'm going to try to help them as much as I can, so I can be at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shout out Threads, and also sh- Threads for all of your East Coast. But also, I'm happy to travel. Please let a girl yeah. know because that opportunity is honestly that's that's like incredible curation for the Bravo community, like that. And for Kyle to walk in, I I would not have expected Kyle. I would have thought like mm-hmm. maybe Dorit, even though Dorit wasn't like a big player in this episode like I wouldn't have even thought like who factors into the episode I would just think like Mm -hmm. who might you know be someone to collab with Kyle to me is such a big deal like I just I would have just lost my shit like I just yeah I mean, <laughs> what an incredible night. I'm so glad that you had that experience. And hopefully they'll do more of them. Um, hopefully Because so. there are some incredible franchises that sure, certainly could inspire um, a watch or a rewatch. Uh, speaking of threads, you can follow me on threads and Instagram at Dame Galley. Join the Andy's Girls Patreon. I have a satchel spectacular going up this week. Satchels are your AG thoughts and feels, questions and concerns named in honor for holiness, Kelly Kaloran, Ben Simone from Scary Island. And you can message them to me, long form, always love, um, on Instagram at Dame Galley. Uh, and I'm very, very excited to deep dive your thoughts on that upcoming Patreon, which you'll be able to listen to at patreon.com slash Scrolls. Julian, thank you so much for coming back. Oh my God. What a pleasure. What a thrill. Thank you. You are welcome back anytime. And guys, thanks so much for listening. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.